0: Let's pretend that this isn't advice and I'm Erin and I'm not giving you advice it's it's not advice I can't help myself give advice I don't mean to I don't want to I want you to be able to live your life but I know how to do it I am a huge know-it-all and this is where I practice not giving advice to people except I totally give advice to them I'm a lawyer I turned professional certified coach and I just happen to give the best advice, but this is a podcast, not a coaching session. So I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Aaron Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. I am so excited to have Ed Rice, Edward Rice, as my guest on the show today. Um, Ed is a former client of mine and a uh, very good friend. He, His wife and I have worked together for um, all of my career as a coach. But more importantly, um, Ed is a family man. Um, he has amazing values and he's super successful. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. We talk about what delight is, um, why we do what we do and what's important to us. Hi, Ed. Hi. How, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Awesome. Thanks for doing my podcast. Um, first question I ask everyone is who are you?
1: Um... My name's Ed Rice. I am a 40 year old, uh, human being, um, that lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, and used to be your client. (laughs) True. Um, I work at Google. I'm a designer. I'm a father. Um, I'm a bike rider, bicycle rider.
0: I was gonna ask pedal or motor.
1: Yeah, it's an important distinction. And I'm a uh adventurer.
0: What do you mean when you say adventurer?
1: Um, I just like going on adventures. I feel like I've set myself up now for like people are thinking like like Australia. No, it's like <laughs> like down the alley around the corner, finding something. Um, I don't know. Like we, I remember I, I, uh, we say, I took the kids like uh, one example is like, I took the kids on, on, um, on our bikes and -hmm. we went downtown and there's like this weird little dip in an alley that has like a garage at the bottom of the dip. And it's, It's hard to explain, but basically when you take your bike down it, you kind of go down and then up really quickly and it's super, super fun. And everyone that I've ever showed it to is like, oh my God, that's so much fun. That's the kind of adventurer that I am. Like I find like little adventures like that as well as big adventures. Yeah. But um, it's definitely like a big part of my life is like finding cool stuff like that.
0: It sounds like a ski jump, like a ski jump in an alley that you ride your bike down.
1: Yeah. 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 It feels like a roll. It it gives you the same sensation of like a roller coaster. Like your stomach kind of goes out a little bit.
0: Yeah. So you like, um, well, what about the experience of adventure do you like? Is it discovery? Is it the excitement? Surprise? Mm,
1: It's the, I don't know. I guess it's the excitement. It's like the, I love like. Um, I'm like the kind of guy that stares out the window in an airplane. Um, you know, just cause I love seeing it every single time. And I fly a lot. I have flown a lot, not, not in COVID, but like I have flown a lot. Um, and so I just love like little stuff like that. Like I love little stuff, big stuff. I love like, you know, jumping off a cliff or like climbing up on stuff or, um, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like I just think that um, it just makes my day to find something cool in the world, and the word I was like going to say I and then exploiting it, but it's exploitation is not what I'm after here. It's like finding <laughs> I, something and then like enjoying it, you know, enjoying yeah. the 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 planet, I guess.
0: Well, I love the idea of exploiting it because it kind of makes you look like a mogul. And I know that you don't relate to yourself that way. <laughs> but I also know that you are the kind of person who does a million things. So what adventures are you currently undertaking?
1: Um, um, let me see. Oh, I just like, I literally just got back from taking my kids to this farm. Um, I found a local farmer, like an urban farmer, and I started helping him out. Um, and so I built some raised beds and then we, I kind of took the afternoon off. So I took the kids down to the farm to show them around the farm. Um, that's kind of on a more micro scale of this afternoon. And then on a more macro scale, like we're moving the family to New York, um, uh, so I just started with Google in January and the office that I'm going to be working out of is based in New York. So we're picking up from Indianapolis. I've got, my kids are five and eight and we're moving the whole family to Brooklyn from Indianapolis, which is quite an adventure in itself. And that involves also selling um, my house here in Indianapolis, which is a, has been another adventure. Um, That's it right now. I can't think of. Yeah.
0: Let's talk a little bit about this big move and your job at Google. Like, I know, I believe that it's your dream job. Is that accurate?
1: Yes, yes, yes. All I've right. always, yeah. Always can, you,
0: wanted it. can you share what it's like to get your dream job?
1: Um, I don't know. I think it's like. Um, I mean, I will just like give the caveat that it's kind of anticlimactic because you just get your job, you know, like, I think if, even if you like play for the NBA or something like that, it's like, you know, once you get there, um, it's kind of like, you know, the job is a job, is a job. A job, a job it's still a job. You <laughs> still have like, to go. You still like, you still have the things <laughs> that annoy you and you still like want to take the afternoon off. It's not like you want to spend all your time working. Um. But what is it like? I mean, it's just like, it's, (laughs) it's like, I don't know. It's just like getting, I don't know. I just like, I I do get to like go, go to work. I get on my computer every day and um, I just like really just love going to work and talking to people and you know, I just like get to enjoy like every minute of, of what I do in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. even, even though there are like, you know, I have to do like corporate trainings and stuff. Like there's some like things that, you know, um, get boring, but, um, but for the most part, it's just like really fun. I just like, I just have a lot of fun doing what I do. And I'm a designer. Like it's already a fun job, um, to do it at like one of the best places, uh, to work in the world that where you're like working on the scale of the the world um mm-hmm. and thinking about like i get to think about like you know how people go find a restaurant to go for date night in india um or tokyo or um all sorts of fun stuff like that uh as well as like we're you know we're working on some there's been some amazing work that we've gotten to do around uh COVID. so it's also you know, there's like a fun aspect to it. There's an impactful aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a cool, I don't know. Honestly, it feels like, like there's just like a lot of really, really smart and cool people that work there that I'm, I just love getting to listen to them and hear what, you know, what they're thinking about. And that feels really special.
0: That, I love that. And, so just so that like people kind of know what you do, can you just give a I don't know Ed Rice 101 on like what your job at Google is?
1: Yeah. So um so there's kind of like uh two well like it's kind of like if you're building a house, there's like an architect and a contractor. Like the architect kind of designs the house, the contractor builds it. Like when you're working technology. Um, there's typically like designers and engineers and the designers actually design what you might, you know, how a product might work. um, And it's like, like an architect does with a home and then the engineers actually build it. But I will say that everyone kind of contributes to the ideas, like everyone kind of works together. It's just, we're kind of responsible for two different sides of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm a designer and I, um, so I, you know, take, problems that people have. Like if you're having a hard time finding a place to, um, go out to eat that's COVID safe, right? You take kind of like a messy little problem like that. And then we design like solutions around it. Um, which you might've seen in, in a, in a Google search in the past year. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell, what I do, I think another easy way to really explain it is like If you open a Google product, what you see on the screen is designed by a designer. Like So we're responsible for what you see on the screen.
0: Does that level of responsibility ever freak you out?
1: No. It doesn't.
0: Like, there are billions of people around the world who use your work.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was... Like when, I don't know, right now it doesn't as much. I don't think, I think it was, I mean, before this, I was working at Eli Lilly, um, building tools for people to help manage their diabetes. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot more risk associated with that. Like if you designed the wrong thing and someone did the wrong thing based on what you designed, then they could end up in the emergency room or something like that. Oh, man. Um, That was a different, that was like a different one. Or like one of my favorite examples is like, there's, uh, when you think about designing technology, like there's actually like the air traffic control system Mm -hmm. that controls all the flights in the United Mm -hmm. States, that system had to be designed and then built. Um, and so there were designers like designing how that, how that was going to work and how the air traffic controllers were going to interact with it. And, um, and you can't really get that wrong either. You know, there's a lot of people counting on you to get that right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So I guess in the grand scheme of things, like if you get a, if you get, you know, a COVID friendly design graphic wrong, it doesn't murder people. Is what you're saying?
1: Yeah. There are, <laughs> there are riskier uh, places to design. I think some, some people might have, an, you know some people might struggle with the impact. Like, um, I mean, you're talking about, you know, I mean, there's like billions upon billions of Google searches every day. Um, So there's, yeah, there's a lot of people that get affected. Like a lot of people rely on, on our products and I don't know, it doesn't really intimidate, doesn't intimidate me yet. I'll say that. I started in January, so (laughs) let's give it, let's give it a year and see what happens
0: well, what is it about like I mean, I know what why this would be important globally, or you know, for outward facing? why is this work important to you?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a it's like, um like number one, like designing is fun for me. Like, it's like, it's like the thing I was kind of born to do, like design mm-hmm. stuff, like come up with great ideas, like bring them to life into the world and stuff like that. I love, I love doing that. And I I do it outside of work. Um, the why I think the opportunities and why, like I'm at Google um, is that there was this thing that happened early in my career when I started doing this, where I started designing prod- products for veterans in grad school. And I don't have any veterans in my family. Like I, I don't have very much like military affiliation or, I mean, or like, there's not really an, like, it's just like, I, I should be designing stuff for people who ride bicycles. Like, <laughs> Like, that's what you would think if that was what I'm interested in. But, um, I was really drawn to like veterans and like their the rising suicide rate of veterans. And like, I just kind of fell in love with that. And I think it's just like, you can, you can, with this work, like designing for technology, you can really kind of have an impact wherever you want. Like I said, like diabetes, air traffic control, veterans, like, and, um, and then you have to deal, you have the, the issue of scale. So it's like you can pick a, a certain area to focus and design for, or you can like also just look at the scale. So I Google, I think what's really amazing to me is that when I think about leaving, like, I, I guess where, what it comes down to is like for my two daughters, I think that's what it's become for me. It's like leaving the world better off for them in a lot of ways. Um, so I think at Google, it's like, I mean, you can do things at such scale that I think it's an opportunity to have a huge impact in wherever I chose. I, I don't think I've really chosen where to have that impact yet. Mm-hmm. Um, For like the work that I did in diabetes, it was um, honestly, like for me, like it comes down to right now moving. um comes down to like a really kind of a race issue in a lot of ways like I'm really like focused on uh i think improving race relations and improving conditions for like uh other black people and diabetes um seriously uh, uh, disproportionately affects people of color, specifically african Americans in the United states and so that's kind of where I focused you know, for that. And so it might be the same thing at Google. Um, but either way, like right now, it's just like kind of understanding how things work there and then figuring out how to, how to, how to make the world a better place. Kind of one design at a time.
0: Yeah. I love that. I had this image, you know, of, cause I know you to be a, a mixed race man. So when you were talking about like the COVID safe stuff, and mm-hmm. what you've been able to do i was like oh man what would what would google maps or whatever or restaurant searches look like if you knew that there was a bigot running that restaurant like would that make the world a better place would it make it worse would it
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know those kinds of things it's how could you do that as a designer how could you like create equity for people
1: Well, I mean, I was just, I I sit on the board of a nonprofit that works to uh, provide equitable access to uh, healthy food, fresh Mm -hmm. and healthy local food um, called Growing Places here in Indianapolis. And then, you know, I was at a a, a local urban farmer who's been farming downtown for uh, years and years here in Indianapolis. And as I was working with him, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I go do this stuff and why I'm not... I don't just sit at my desk on my computer trying to, um, figure things out. Like I go out into the world, but the, he was, I was thinking about what does it mean for, um, someone who's searching for. So, yeah, I guess I should say I I do, I, um, I work in kind of Google in Google maps, not kind of the get directions type of stuff, but, but similar. And so people could like, for instance, search for like where to get fresh vegetables. Right. And 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 I don't think that he would come up necessarily, right? He's an urban farmer. He goes to like a farmer's market or you know, serves different restaurants around town and things like that. But um, but yeah, like what what can you do about food access, right? Like there are these important issues, and I always I think those those are what come up for me when I do any design work is like, what's actually important to this? Mm-hmm. Um and I'll say, I'll say that with a caveat that I think that kind of delight and pleasure are somewhat like underrated sometimes, like just, you know, honestly, like, um, this, one of my heroes, um, uh, Charles Eames was, um, he famously said like, he was, in a, he was doing an interview and he was asked like, do you design for pleasure or utility? And he's, he said, well, who's to say pleasure is not useful? It's kind of been one of my guiding quotes in, in, in my work. Uh, Cause you can take an important issue like food access and you can design something that's completely like fun and delightful that has a huge impact on an issue like that. So I guess um, to make that caveat that they're not exclusive, But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, I think I've I've started rambling, so. Well,
0: no, I mean, it's super interesting. One of the things you said that makes this job at Google your dream job is that you work with super cool, amazing humans, and it sounds like you're having a delightful experience at work. Is that an accurate?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's accurate.
0: What's delight to you? Like if you had to explain to somebody, oh my gosh, that's delightful. This person is delightful. What what does that even mean?
1: That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm trying to think of like I, I can explain it without an without an, an analogy, but I think it's like. It's like trying to explain. Um, like it reminds me of the word umami. It's like when you bite into that cheeseburger, and it's just like that—that that sensation that you get. That's like, oh man, that's like, that is amazing. Um, you know, I think it's like those little—I don't know—it's like a tickle in your brain. That's what I would describe it as, like a tickle oh, I in love your that. brain. <laughs> It's like even if you just look out the window and you you know you see a bird sitting on a on a on a branch or something like that you get that little tickle in your brain that's like oh yes that's lovely like you know or you hear that like great song you know yeah, yeah.
0: one of the things that's delighting me right now is my mom's facebook feed she just <laughs> <laughs> she posts she's been following this account called birds And she just reposts all the pretty birds that she likes. (laughs) And then her old friends are like, that one's beautiful. Look at his face. And so it's just, it's so delightful to me to like see which bird my mom picked today. (laughs) Yeah. What are you finding delightful lately?
1: Oh, I've got a five-year-old.
0: Oh, God, kids are the best. That's
1: like, I mean, that's like utterly delightful i was actually looking at her last night and she's just like there's something about a five-year-old where it's like they haven't learned something or they haven't like i don't know psychologist probably knows this but like something's going on in their brain that makes them super cute because they just like they just like go through the world with like this delightful kind of reckless abandon it's just like they just (laughs) show up and they're just like they're just like oh, is that an apple i <laughs> love apples i'm gonna eat that right now it looks delicious and like that's her 95 percent of the time it seems like about about a number of you know any any anything that she kind of comes up against it's like the world is kind of just amazing to her right now so i find that delightful um Um, I don't know. I I mean, I like uh, taking walks. I I mean, what else do I find delightful? I find my wife super delightful. She's hilarious. Oh, TikTok. TikTok. That is like a (laughs) case study in delight Uh, and addiction probably, but like, holy crap. There is the fun. I mean, it's like the, Mm. the most, I don't know what other people's experience is, but you can find some absolutely delightful stuff on there. Um, like another girl dancing with her dad um these people doing these TikTok challenges it's just like it's it's pretty delightful i would have to say
0: how much time do you spend on TikTok
1: too much right now i had to do some research on TikTok for work this is like one of the um things you might not expect about a designer's life but like we have to research platforms and um And when you have to research something like Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, like you start researching and then you kind of brown out for like two hours. And then you come to and you're like, what have I what have I just done with my day? (laughs) Um, Because they're they're designed in a way that kind of sucks you in and, and and makes you lose track of time. So. Sometimes that happens, but not too much. I spend about like, let's say, like maybe 20 to 30 minutes a day on TikTok right now.
0: I haven't downloaded TikTok because. I don't know, sometimes I get really stubborn about social media. I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing that one. I refuse to do that one. <laughs> um, and TikTok was one of those things. And at the same time, I'm kind of like they all get the good ones get posted to Instagram anyway. I'm not missing yeah. anything, or my friends send them to me,
1: yeah, I see, what? I don't go on Instagram. I haven't been on Instagram for weeks. I'm sure
0: what makes like one more appealing than the other to you
1: um, well i've not, i don't even i don't know um i think i mean one of the things that makes tiktok really appealing is the diversity honestly like i'm i see a lot more my instagram was like all people that i was following Mm -hmm. um and tiktok exposes me to people that i would never even think to follow
0: how so Um, explain it to me because i don't use it so
1: so when you download it you're not following anyone like when you I i don't remember when i downloaded instagram it's like it was automatically like hooked up to like one person or like, so, you know, someone invited me and then it like scoured my contacts and like, you know, said like, Oh, follow a bunch of people that, you know, on Facebook or something like that. Oh, that's another thing
0: that that's another thing that I do. I never let them read my contacts. I never let that. Like, so I get what you're saying. Okay. Anyway.
1: So TikTok's more like YouTube in that way where it's just like, it's like you just go watch videos. They're short, like 30 second videos. And, um, but it's also like the diversity, like there's a lot of like, like um, LGBTQ. um, There's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of like different types of people on there. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there are, like, I found like some, I didn't find it. It's just like kind of pops up in your feed, but like amputees that are like answering questions about their experience in like a very delightful way, like, (laughs) that, you know, making jokes about, about it. Um, and just kind of like explain, like, I don't know, um, like educating me, but just having fun and kind of creating these cool videos about what they can do and, and what it's like being an amputee, um, answering questions from people. I don't know. I found that really interesting, but it's like, I don't know. It's like people, I'll send you one. I'll send you one that I did. See if I get you. You join. did
0: a TikTok?
1: I did a TikTok. I, yeah. Because they're uh, so much fun. Like, they're just fun to make.
0: I, I, You're kind of getting me to maybe want to maybe download it. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But a little bit. It's
1: like the same thing with Instagram. Like, it was kind of, I mean, back when Instagram came out, it was really cool to like, and you could do the same thing on Instagram. There's like a feature called Instagram Reels, I guess. But um but I don't know. I think with all these platforms, it's like, there's always the good and the bad. Like they're kind mm-hmm. of addictive. Like, you know, you have to, like, I like to stay away from most of them. Like a lot of people that work in technology just try and stay away from, from a lot of the social media stuff. Like, Cause we deal with so much of it at work, but. Um, but yeah, TikTok is just like, yeah, when you ask me about delight, like there's a lot of just like really delightful cool, interesting, funny, authentic stuff going on there. Oh, there's like some uh, men's fashion. There's some like really cool men's fashion videos that that, that, I don't know. It's just like cool, cool, cool stuff, cool people doing cool stuff. That's what I'm all about
0: outside of like design stuff. What's the coolest thing or coolest person that you've encountered recently?
1: Outside of design stuff This is the coolest person I've encountered. I mean, I don't get out a lot right now with COVID. Um
0: or thing, just like, have you seen anything recently that has had you go, "Oh man, that's so fucking cool?"
1: Um No, I don't think so. I I feel like there has been, but I didn't really take note of it that I can recall it. But no, it's a good question. It's always like a like I try to remind myself of stuff like that because it's like it's always a trigger for me to like pay more attention. Um I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
0: Hmm. It's kind of hard to remember like that. Fe- so when I have that reaction of like, oh, that's so cool. It's a sense of wonder. And mm-hmm. yeah. wonder can be so fleeting, right? Like I find that when I have that, then I'm then it becomes like a, I need to know what this is. And then I go like learn about it. And until it's that need for knowledge is satiated. Mm-hmm. And then it loses its cool factor to me. I'm not wondering about it anymore because I know now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like there's a, um, I was just watching like a whale documentary, um, which was really cool. But I what was,
0: know. wait, what was the documentary?
1: I was like a documentary about whales. I, think I was watching it with my kids and um, I think we were, it was all about orcas, the first part of it. And um, I don't like that. That's a, I mean, talk about something cool, like whales. I don't whales know about are, you. Whales but like, are cool. I think whales are so cool. I'm, i Orca is like, uh, you know, it takes me back to free Willy, but I'm really interested in the blue whales. I think it's, like, amazing the depth of the ocean Mm -hmm. Um, and that there's this whole world down there and these beasts the size of city blocks swim around and live and have communities and things like that. Um, Yeah, so far and remote from from us.
0: I um, am. Wow, that's weird. Do you hear an echo?
1: My headphones just went out.
0: Hold on. Um, so we were talking about whales. Wait, and what sir. I was going to tell you is that like my favorite place to go in the world is Hawaii. I love Hawaii. I want to have a home on in Hawaii one day. And humpback whales travel between Hawaii and Alaska every year. They spend like six months in Hawaii and six months in Alaska. And it is amazing to me that they go to these places like... Like you and I would go on our vacations. <laughs> yeah. Um like they all have different tails. Like their their tails are a fingerprint, or what would be the equivalent of a fingerprint? And it makes cool. me want to know like what is that society undersea like? Like are the octopi really ruling the show with all of their intelligence? Who's winning?
1: Yeah. Who's hanging out?
0: like what are the dolphins what's the dolphins experience in in ocean society
1: (laughs) i feel like it's really nice that i don't know i feel like it's like it does seem like such a world like i've always been fascinated by the concept of atlantis like that seemed like it had to be a thing but um it's just like human imperialism i think um (laughs) it's it's american imperialism it's um oh yeah the uh i don't know yeah i don't know that much about the ocean frankly it's kind of like a a, a land of mystery to me i don't know who's smart i don't know much about these animals i haven't watched my octopus friend or that new whatever that documentary is i'm sure it's great
0: get with it ed
1: (laughs) um but I do think it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think that. I think, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you're a pretty successful man.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: Are you starting to, like, really believe that about yourself again?
1: Um, I mean, I I think that. I think that, um, I do, I do believe that, but I believe, like, I think what, like the things that I'm proudest of are, um, so my wife just went on a vacation, went on a, a short trip to to Austin uh, for a friend's birthday. And when she came back, she said to the kids, she said, what was your favorite part of the weekend? Um, uh, what did you do this weekend? You know? And my eight-year-old said, uh, she said, uh, well, my favorite thing was going on a bike ride and uh, hanging out with dad. I might have not been going on a bike ride. I don't know. I don't know what the other thing was, but she was like, and just hanging out with dad. She's like, my favorite, like, and unprovoked. And this is like, I don't know how, I wouldn't say that it's maybe rare, but every time I hear it, it's like, means the absolute world to me that that would be one of the first things that comes to her mind um and that's what makes me successful like like um you know i think having humans that want to be around me and like having (laughs) a community and having um kids that want want to be in relationship with me at least still at eight years old i don't know what teenage years will bring but like um but yeah that feels good
0: yeah what Worked for you to create that?
1: Um, What worked for me to create that? um, The feeling of success?
0: Well, what I heard is yeah, what I heard is like, oh man, my kids love me and my wife has fun and yeah, I have a job that I really like. And you talk about it like, It just kind of happened, but you also said it's one of your greatest successes. And so I hear that as, oh, you made this an intentional thing that you wanted. You wanted kids that wanted to be around you. You wanted your wife to have the experience where she could go away for the weekend and come back and be excited to hear what her kids did. Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't. Those things take creation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, I don't know. I mean, so it started back in my mind. I was actually just thinking about this, but it started back when I was living in, I was living in Los Angeles, I was working at a private school and the school nurse was like this, this like, (laughs) this big black guy who drove like this big black truck, like a really nice truck, you know? And the truck was like, felt like nicer than the job a little bit. And, um, and I, and he was just cool. Like everyone loved him. Like he was just a cool guy and he was a school nurse, Um, but he was like super cool. It was like, you, you know, you, you you wouldn't think he was a school nurse. So I went up to him one day and we were just talking um, uh, and, uh, and I was like, I was like, explain this to me. Like, you're a school nurse. You drive that truck. You're super cool. Like, how did you end up here? Kind of the question that you asked me. And he's like, I'll tell you the truth. I just saw this guy who had the life that I wanted. And I just went up to him. I asked him how he got it. Same way (laughs) that you're asking me. Um, And then I just did what he did. And so obviously, I didn't become a school nurse, right? I don't right. drive the same truck or anything like that, but I started looking around the world at like people that I admire, and I keep doing that. like I keep <laughs> on like looking around the world at people I admire now i I, I don't know what caused me to like take on the profession of, of a designer, and I just kind of got lucky with like it's like we um it's a very lucrative job to have what I do. Um, so that was kind of a stroke of of luck, I think, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um that has afforded me a lot. but the but I keep doing that. I keep kind of looking at people that like even now I'm like um, like my uh, my boss's boss at work. he just has this super cool demeanor um about him. like I love the like his presence in the room. um I love like his like he's very unapologetic and kind of says what he means and means what he says and like kind of calls people out um, when it's appropriate and does so in a very lovely and nice way. And, um, and so now I'm like, Oh yeah, I mean, that's, that looks like a nice way to be. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there's some opportunity for me there.
0: So the next the next version of you is saying what you mean and meaning what you say.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I
0: know.
1: You told <laughs> me that. Um, I'm, I'm work, still working on it, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that what it comes down to, though, is like really um, uh, like envisioning the the life that you want to have, right? Mm-hmm. Envisioning the person you want to be and the life that you want to have and then you know taking the steps to create that yeah
0: like, yeah what's something that like works for other people and just flat out doesn't work for you
1: something that works for other people um, Keeping, um, I think it's like, (laughs) like, uh, like to do like organization. Um, (laughs) so like a a lot of people, like, I, I love these people. I love working with these people. I have to work with these people because they, they, they balance out, um, they balance me out, but like, there's like this, like to-do lists and like, um, Oh, there's like Microsoft OneNote, like where you keep notes for everything. And then there's like your file organization on your computer, like how you keep everything organized. Um, I've never done that. Like I literally like name things and then if I ever need them again, I don't go look for them somewhere. I literally search for them and then I find them in the search results, um, which is probably why I work for Google. But like, yeah, there's like a level of organization that has never really worked for me. Uh So I don't, I wouldn't say that, like, I stay organized. Um, I get, I get shit done. Like I'm good at what I do, but staying organized, I have finally learned like that doesn't work for me. Um, I think it was the same way with like school in a lot of ways. Like, like, like um, until I went to grad school really worked for me. I got that, but like everything else before that didn't really work for me. Um, and I think it has to do with that, like, level of organization. <laughs> it just wasn't.
0: It sounds like structure might be, like, like, you might be the kind of person who does well as a free atom in a box. You know, where there is a little bit of structure around you, but, like, you can ping pong around the way that you yeah. need. And then other people are, like, very detailed outlines.
1: <laughs> yes, Yes.
0: Yeah. I don't take notes either. It doesn't work for me. I mean, I should. I'm grateful when other people do, but I'm always like, I want to be able to be present in this conversation. And when I was in law school, I found that if I was taking notes, I was not hearing what people said. And I'm an auditory learner. So, like, it's useless to me for if I'm just transcribing things.
1: Yeah, I mean I used to think that like I used So I used to think that like the world like I thought that I, I I believed much more in destiny. I was like, oh, the world will bring me what what I what I what I get, right? And then um and then back to like that conversation with that nurse in LA, like I was like not getting what I wanted out of life. I, you know, I wasn't <laughs> living the kind of life that I wanted and and the world just wasn't delivering that up to me. And, and, and I think I thought that that meant that I had to get organized and that I had to like make my to-do list and like keep every, you know, and like become this adult or something like that. Um, but what I found was that it just needed to kind of, um, be, uh, um, what's the word intentional about where I wanted to get to or what I wanted like things to be like. And that Mm -hmm. those two things weren't, weren't, um, what mutually exclusive or they weren't.
0: You don't have to be organized to be intentional.
1: Yes. (laughs) You don't have to like be type a to like get from a to B. Yeah.
0: yeah. And make choices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, what's like, what's the next intention that you have?
1: Um, right now, I am um, trying to figure that out. Uh, I think what I, um, what I, Send next intention, so I guess like <laughs> um, it's really to like just be much more present in my life, like as if like like I feel like this whole conversation is about how how I just kind of like go where the wind takes me in a lot of ways, and that that is how I live my life, but uh there's a there's there's a sense to my like of of over analysis in my in my life where I just kind of like I kind of observe myself going through this life in some ways mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get a little bit more um, more present and just more in my life um so that I could just live my life and so the way that that's kind of manifesting right now is I'm just focusing on helping people with no strings attached. So I'm looking for people to help. I'm looking for people um, that who need me to be in on their podcast. I'm looking for people. (laughs) uh, I'm helping this farmer, this urban farmer. Um, You know, I work on this nonprofit and I helped my neighbor build some, you know, new concrete stairs the other day. Um, And I'm just, and I think that's just the, just like the tip of the iceberg of what I can help. But I think that there's like something, there's a relationship that I don't know about between me helping people with no strings attached and me like being more present in my own life. And I don't know what that relationship is, but I think it's there.
0: (laughs) You know, it's really funny. Ed, one of the questions, the second to last question I have on my outline is what, what kind of help do you need
1: Oh, that's a tough one. See, that's, <laughs> um, um, I need help. Uh, I need help taking a break. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to find a, a place and a time to go on vacation right now. What help do I need? Um, I need help finding people to help. I mean, I'm I feel like the like the people I'm helping, they don't really need my help. Like I feel like there are more people that that would benefit more from my help. Um What do I what else do I need help with? Um I don't know. It's a great question. It's a great question.
0: I'm going to go back and play this and see how many oh. times you said that's a great question.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, I love great questions. Um, there's a. There's a. I'll tell you what help I need. So, the house that I'm living in right now, there's a piece of siding. <laughs> there's a piece of siding that's fallen off. Okay. A, you know where we're living? Yeah, right I know where
0: you're living. Yeah, in Near, a
1: in, in a rental house, and like, because we're moving, and anyway, so we're living in this house. It's not super well taken care of, and a piece of siding has fallen off, and there are birds that have gone and nested in oh, like the no. eave of the roof. Uh huh. And so I need to get the birds out, and I need to put the siding back on. Um, I need help with that.
0: You might you might have to wait until the fall when they abandon the nest.
1: I, okay.
0: Did, I don't know if you knew this, but last year we had a bat infestation in my condo building. And they were oh. they were there for two years, Ed, two full years. And we tried to get rid of them in like December of when I first discovered them. And they were mm-hmm. like, you cannot get rid of these bats until spring when they start to fly out and then we'll put one way doors in because bats are a protected species. So like anytime it would get warm in the winter, the bats would wake up and I would hear this like tweet, 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 over my head every night. And it was so creepy. Um. So anyway, the point, the point is I get it. I've been in that situation. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I don't have a ladder to come help you replace the siding or whatever. But maybe somebody God. who lives in India is listening to this, and they can tell you who to who to call or show up with some gloves for the birds.
1: Probably. Yep. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Hillary. It's going to be your wife.
1: <laughs> she's not. She's not going to do it. Uh, she's, she's told me. She's very clear with her boundaries.
0: <laughs> what? Um, the last question I usually add, I ask is how will you know when you've succeeded and you've already said that you feel like a success. So, I mean, I guess I still kind of have that question, but like, what twist would you add to it? Um,
1: Um Uh how will I know when I've succeeded? Um What's the twist?
0: Maybe I have an, a different question that I can ask you. Okay. Did you have an answer? Did I interrupt your answer that showed up?
1: No, 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 you didn't. I don't know.
0: <laughs> My guess is that for you, like, it, there's probably a I'll never know. um, Or something like that. But maybe the uh, the question I have for you is like. Outside of fixing it, what is the help or impact that you want to have for the rest of your life?
1: Outside of fixing it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I was in grad school, So I've, so I've done, so I built this tree house for my kids, like in the backyard. And then there was this company that was cutting down this massive tree in a yard nearby. And I was like, dump all the logs in, in my yard and I'll, I'll cut them up and do something with them, turn them into firewood. I don't know. Ended up being a playground for my kids during COVID and some other kids from the neighborhood, they would come climb on the logs. It was that, it was that kind of. And then this summer, I'm building. I have these leftover boards. That I'm building this massive seesaw with. So, in grad school, um, I had we had whiteboards. It's another thing that designers use a lot of is whiteboards when when we used to be in offices. Um, and uh, so, on the whiteboard, I started drawing brackets, and then. I just started drawing the brackets and so I would draw the brackets and then um, I would ask, you know, who wants to play once I had the finished drawing the bracket, like tournament brackets. And I said, okay. then people would just start giving me their names. And, um, and then after I finished drawing the brackets, they're like, so what's the game? And I was like, I don't know. You know, like, like, how about, you know, you take this dry erase board eraser and like, like kind of like a game of dodgeball. And so like, just like the two people that are in the top bracket, whoever hits each other first, then moves on to the next person. And the room over the course of like five minutes exploded into this game. And everyone just started like playing. And, and it, and it just came from like these brackets out of nowhere, just like this game erupted. And I think that, I think that that's like, I don't know, like doing that on a larger scale, maybe, or something like that. Like, I love that about my life, and I love bringing that into the world, and that's like my version of success, because I think, like I said, like pleasure is useful, delight is important, and when you see, when you when you can can take a, a room of people with their head in books, just like, you know, studying, drawing, doing whatever, reading, and then you can get them up off on their feet, having fun, laughing, throwing stuff around. Um, that's kind of, that's like, I think a lot of what my purpose is in life is to kind of create that. And that's like, honestly, like that's what I try and do as a designer at work is I try and create those environments because I think that I've always said like, um, Fun, people that are having fun create like are like create much better solutions um and design much better things than people that are not having fun so you got to create the fun and then the rest will kind of come
0: i love that um thank you so much for doing this podcast for me with me thanks for being a help for me is there anything that you would want to promote or like um Final last words before we end this.
1: Um, I will promote. Um, I will promote um, anything that you can do for food access. I think is great. Um, I will promote you as a life coach. I don't <laughs> think I mentioned I, this is a good time to probably promote you and say that <laughs> when you started coaching me, I hadn't, like literally, I was like. Flailing for um, grasping at straws for what I was going to do with my life um, at that point, uh, but coaching and coaching with you specifically really actually kind of launched me into where I am, where where what I've able what I've been able to do um, up to now. So I promote hiring you as a coach one hundred percent.
0: When you when you write that book that I know is uh, percolating underneath you, I'll promote that for you, too.
1: Awesome. All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ed. This is Not Advice is brought to you by me, Erin Conlon. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit Erin dot com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio.